0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. Hello, let me look. Hi. (laughs) Looking, looking, looking. Hello online. Um, I just wanna honour um, our, sorry if this is so loud. I hope you're all awake this morning. (laughs) Wakey, wakey. Um, so, <laughs> I know it's all cold and like snuggly, but look, God's going to speak. He's going to do something. Um, I first want to honor our incredible um, production team. Let us love them. They are amazing. Um, I have been watching online over the last couple of weeks on and off and they do an incredible job. I'm so thankful for them. I'm so thankful that we have access um, to church no matter if we can physically be here or not. Um, So I love you guys. I think you do an incredible job and when like the person's walking around and they follow the camera and it's great. Um, So good morning. It's nice to be with you all. I haven't seen a lot of your faces for a while um if you are new again I want to say welcome my name is Charlie um I am the pastor with my husband here Beniah. Um, and I have a story to tell you is that okay <laughs> story time story time with um mama Charlie um our son. This is this isn't the story actually, but our son has been so sick for the last couple of days. It's not COVID. Don't worry. Um, so Benaya, we had to tag team. So he's home now, looking after a terribly, terribly. Can I just say, when your kids are sick but they're small, ugh, it's just the worst. <laughs> like it's just the worst. All the mums are like, uh huh. It's like they're. Extra needy, and there's snot everywhere, and they have no idea of personal space, and you just you have no idea of personal space anymore, and you just become this mess. um I said to my sister-in-law, who is not here, but she is pregnant. Um, you know true love when you get vomited on, and you stay in your vomit clothes for 20 minutes while you get your child to sleep because that's priority rather than getting the vomit of yourself. And she was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Get ready." No, joking now. <laughs> anyway, that's another story, but. This is my story I have to share with you. Um, So this morning is going to be a little bit of a different morning. So just relax if you're new, just enjoy. Um, It has been a very interesting couple of weeks, couple of years, to be honest, for our little family. Um, And this morning, it was so funny because I was, we're doing the theme of family La Familia. If you didn't understand, we've got it everywhere for you. Um, and this morning, I mean, I haven't preached for a while. I haven't been up here for a couple of months and I was wrestling with God being like, oh, like obviously I want to continue on the, the theme, what we're going for. But I just have this these two, which I believe are prophetic words in my heart for this morning and they don't really match but maybe they do and I was even this morning kind of going like oh God like I need to try and put this together around our theme and the wonderful Mr Tom Herbert actually sent me a message this morning and he said you know that he was praying for me and he said I believe the word in your heart that you've got is prophetic for our church that they need to hear and it just made me go Cool, like just that settling of we can press press pause on family for a second because when he wants to speak that's more important than any theme we've got going on. Anyway, so I want to tell you a story and then I have two words that I want to give which I believe are prophetic for people in this room, people watching and listening online Um, and if it's not for you. Let's just say yes and amen to the Holy Spirit speaking to you about something, (laughs) and hopefully you leave this place changed and transformed, if that's okay. Um, So my story is, in 2020, April 2020, I had our son, he is now just over two, that was fantastic, Um, we were in lockdown, and after five months, six months, I was like, look, We're in lockdown, I've had a baby, newborns sleep a lot, I'm gonna paint my house. So that's what I did. So I bought a paint sprayer, gun, and got all the equipment and I painted our house. And I don't know if anyone has painted a house before. Um, (laughs) Has anyone painted a house? Yeah, some people. Good on you, DIYers. Um, I feel like in lockdown, I just like became this weird DIY person. Um, And like for like Christmases and like Mother's Day, my husband buys me tools and I love it because I'm like, my toolkit is growing. Anyway, so in August, oh no, October 2020, I was painting my house and I was at the very last bit of my house at the outside. I had an A-frame ladder. And I was like, oh, I was really tired and I was like, I just need to finish this, like there was this one section up the top and I was like, I've got to get it done. I'm being stubborn because that's who I am. And so I was climbing up and I, again, this sounds so like obviously diy Um, I was like, oh, there was this one section. I was like, I don't want to get down the ladder, move the ladder, get back up the ladder, I'll just reach. <laughs> The men. Oh no! Yes. Um Anyway, so I was on the very top run of this a-frame ladder, and I reached with my gun. And it had been raining, and so the ground was a bit soggy. And because I had shifted my weight, the <laughs> the ladder went into the ground. I fell. There were people walking past, walking their dog, and they went, "Oh no!" and it must have looked tragic anyway but in the moment I just you know adrenaline you get up I'm like is everything okay am I like functioning I don't know how high that was it was high and I was like I'm feel fine I feel fine um and the people were like are you okay I'm like I'm good I'm good mud all over me anyway and then from that I did damage to my back which I didn't realize so I actually um bulged three discs in my back didn't know about it because as you do, as a new mum, you just kind of were like, it was fine in the moment, and then over the next couple of weeks, I was like, oh, I feel a bit like, it's a bit painful, a bit like, you know, and got worse and worse and worse, again, you just deal with it, I've had back pain before, so I just was kind of like, it's fine, Um, and then got worse and worse, and was probably last year like in the most chronic pain that I've ever been in, in my life to the point where by the end of the day I was like this like over I had pain down the left side of my leg um, and it was really really bad and my one of my friends at work because I was going to the osteo I was getting like massage work done and my friend was like you probably need to get an MRI done because all the things that those guys are doing, they can't see what's going on internally in your body. I was like, oh, yeah. Anyway, and I remember lying in the MRI machine, which is not a fun experience anyway, if anyone has had an MRI. And because I had to lie flat and still, I was in tears because like the pain was so chronic and the Less. the man that's doing it, it's going, it's okay, just take some deep breaths, like thinking I was claustrophobic, and I'm going, the pain, and like, because my muscles were spasming because I was in so much pain, please try and stay really still, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, like, anyway, anyway, and then when he was doing it, he goes, his reaction was like, oh, oh, whoa, oh, okay, yep, yep, and he's saying this over the thing, and I'm going, what? What? like I just thought I don't know I just had muscle pain or something pulls me out of the machine he's like I can see what's wrong with you and I was like tell me like in those situations you just go worst case like I don't know worst case and he said I'm not really supposed to tell you I'm not a doctor like and I said you can't just go whoa and not tell me anyway and so he said oh you've got major bulging discs but in the lower back it's pushing on your nerve canal where the nerves go through which is causing the excruciating pain and he goes I thought you were just claustrophobic and I was like no it's like terrible pain um anyway so that was at the end of so it was the beginning sorry the end of 2020 it happened was in pain until middle of last year when that actually happened got the MRI figured out what was wrong with me and so then from kind of I guess like September-ish until May this year, I had been going to seeing different doctors, different specialists, trying to see what would work. I got a steroid injection that did nothing except was so painful. Has anyone got a steroid injection before in your pain point? Oh, good grief. I was lying there and the guy was like, okay, so this is going to feel like childbirth. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, he goes, but it's only for like, five seconds I'll count you down and I was like oh my gosh anyway and it did nothing so this whole journey and by the end of it beginning of, which was the beginning of this year saw a surgeon and he was like you actually have to go and get surgery so May 18 which was what seven ish weeks ago I went and got um, a micro lumbar disectomy. Um, so what that is, is they drill a hole, or well they do drill a hole, well they do drill a hole, cut you open, apparently, I don't know if this grosses anyone out, hold your skin back with forceps so that they can because when I woke up the nurse was like how are you feeling I was like my right hip is really sore and he's like oh that's where they would have like tied the forceps down I was like what (laughs) what happened um anyway so I got a micro lumbar disectomy, which is where they drill a hole through your spine, move, remove a bit of bone, and then they get to your disc and they cut away the disc that's been pushing on your nerve canal. So that happened about seven weeks ago. So, just to give you a bit of an update of why I've been a little bit MIA, um, I had major back surgery. And it all went great. I woke up and I was like, amazing, zero pain, which was like for 18 months, excruciating, hobbling old lady pain. Um, Not that old ladies are bad, but you you know what I mean? Like not like a 30-year-old should be. Um, Anyway, so that is amazing, amazing, amazing. But the whole recovery process has been massive. Um, So I just wanted to, in the moment, I kind of... I mean, I'm a pretty person, um, what's the word, private, thank you, private person. And so in the moment, I was like, I don't really want to tell everybody, not because I want to hide it, but because it's such a, you know, full on journey of like that recovery process. It's so vulnerable. Like, if I can be really honest, it is the most vulnerable, I think, season I have ever been in, in my life, because I go from being, you know, a mom, fit, healthy, to pain where you can't do anything to then pain is gone yay but you still can't do anything um it was so challenge for challenging for us um Benaya has been amazing. So he has had to step up to a whole nother level with looking after Bear. Our son weighs 12 kilos. I can now only still lift two kilos. So at the beginning I couldn't lift more than one kilo. So he had to be there kind of 24-7 with me. Can't lift washing baskets. Still can't do a lot of things around the house. Um, so for the first four weeks, that's kind of why I haven't been around Um and yeah, like Benoit was just absolutely a hero. he kinda of said to me, he was like, I kinda of know what it feels like to be a mom now. Like I was like, yay, like <laughs> at least like you've learned something. No, I'm joking. Um, but like It has been really, so just so you guys are aware and like don't feel like, oh no, we're so sad that we didn't know. Some people did know um, and the care that we received was awesome. Like my mum had to come around a lot and my sister had to be there a lot. We got meals made from her, like for us. Our connect has been incredible, looking after me, checking in daily. Um, So that's kind of a little update. Even now the journey is still what it is um so I can't like I said I still can't do lots of things um and rehab is a whole nother level I think mentally I didn't really prepare myself so that whole journey of like months and months of because before it happened I mean I was running I was lifting weights I was but like I was and now they're going (laughs) yeah um and now it's like you know you can go for 15 minute walks and I'm like (laughs) what? Oh, can I just say, <laughs> sorry if anyone does aqua aerobics, I'm not a swimmer, but my physio was like, water is going to be the best thing for you. So I was like, okay, cool. And she, <laughs> I was in the water, literally the exercise that she gave me was sidestep, <laughs> backwards, <laughs> lift your knees. And I was there with all the nanas and all the granddads. And I was like, this is a very humbling moment <laughs> for me. I was like, okay, thank you, Jesus. Um, anyway, I say all of that, all that big one story. So again, don't feel bad if you didn't know, um, but thank you for those who have looked after us. Um, it's been a super, super challenging season. Um, but what I want to say is that in all of that, God's just beautiful at the way that he directs you, the way that he talks to you, the way that he loves you, the things that he speaks to you about. And for me in that season... We've had a couple of seasons like that in our family recently where he causes you just to stop and just to have nothing. Like, not that I I still had my family, but in terms of I can't do anything, I can't, you know, I'm such a task-orientated person. So like that, like getting out into the garage and fixing something or, you know, I'm very hands-on. So to be told stop and really stop, has been so challenging but I think at the same time so good for me because it totally changes your perspective on kingdom, on God, on life, on what is valuable, what is you know the goal, what is actual success because even that you take your doing away from you and I would be like what is my day? Like, I've done nothing today. Like, and for me, I'm like, I'm not successful if I don't. Like, I've got a to-do list forever in my phone that I'm adding to and trying to get through. So the fact that I wasn't doing that was so interesting to me. And what God said and what he spoke and the perspective of the kingdom, I just wanted to share just two things with you, if that's okay. Um, And I believe that they're prophetic for people today if that's okay. Um, So, can I grab some water? Someone? Is that okay? It's okay to be loud as well, church. It's all very, very quiet in here this morning. I feel like you can hear me breathing. (sighs) Um, Anyway, I'm going to drink. Good. Um, Okay, so... I don't have these on the screen, but if you have a phone or any device, you can get your Bible app out. You can even go to Google or you can get your actual physical Bible out if you have it. So, John 6, verse 5, and I will wait until people have time to get it. John 6, verse 5. So the first thing that I want to ask you guys today, and please, like, if you're a leader, if you're a Connect leader, if it's your first time, if you don't even know if you believe in God, wherever you're at, can you just take all of the pressure and all of the expectation off? Um, My heart is always that you just hear from him. I, I don't care much about anything else these days. Um, and I was looking through, it was funny, I was looking through when I wasn't doing anything in my recovery, like past sermons that I've preached. <laughs> Man, some of you might get very sick of me because it's like the same thing over and over again, just worded different or like with a different theme or a different scripture. But, And I laughed at myself because I was like, okay, cool. Either I'm not getting it or... I don't know. That's just—it's just my. You're not getting that. No, I'm joking. No, um, but honestly, like, there's nothing else um, important to me other than your relationship with the father, your encounter with the father. Every time I share, every time I have the opportunity to have a microphone in my hand. I don't want you to ever feel guilty or condemned or that you're not good enough. My whole heart is that you're appointed to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want you to encounter him. I want you to hear him. I want you to feel him because oh, there is nothing, nothing in all of eternity that compares. And um, it will forever be my life's cry because I just, everything that I know comes out of him everything that I am comes out of him everything that I want to be is found in him and there is no amount of church or singing or reading the word that can do justice to that intimate moment that you have with him Um, and that is my heart this morning so the first thing I want to ask you is if he was here what would he ask you Think about it. What is the one question that the Father would ask you today? And I want to read this. It says, As Jesus sat down, he looked out and saw the massive crowds of people scrambling up the hill, for they wanted to be near him. So he turned to Philip and said, Where will we buy enough food to feed all these people? Now Jesus already knew what he was going to do. But he said this to stretch Philip's faith. Where are we going to buy enough food to feed these people? You know, when Jesus asks a question, he doesn't ask a question to get an answer. He asks a question to locate where you're at. And this morning, what would Jesus ask you? What is the locating question that he wants to ask you? Not because he needs an answer from you, because Jesus, it says that, he, he always knows what he's going to do. I love that. Before the miracle, he already knows the plan. It wasn't like he was shocked. Like, oh my goodness, there's all these people here. Like, this is so surprising. I do miraculous signs and wonders and bring people to the Father. But what? Like, there's so many people. Um, he knew. He knew who was going to be there. He knew who was going to turn up. He knew exactly what the plan was. And it says, but he still asked the question, which I find so interesting because it located where Philip was at. And Philip's response was, even if we had enough money to buy, it would cost like, you know, a year's wages. Like, so he was obviously not in the realm of faith, not in the realm of expectation. He was in the realm of natural, but that didn't even bother Jesus because he knew what he was going to do. And this morning I want to ask you, and I feel like it's a prophetic question for some of you. What is he asking? What is he asking of you? Not of your family, not of your husband or your wife, not of your kids. We're very good sometimes at seeing what everybody else needs without actually listening to what God's trying to say to us. (laughs) What is he asking you this morning? Where are you at? And not because he needs an answer from you, but because it locates where you're at. And it stretches your faith. And I love that. He said he asked that question to stretch Philip's faith. He wasn't satisfied with where where Philip was at. He wanted him to grow. He wanted him to expand. He wanted him to seek more of the kingdom. It was a loving question. But it revealed something about his heart. And in my recovery, in that stopping, in that quietening down, it has been amazing to me what I hear what do you hear this morning? There are so many voices, opinions, fears, news reports, news articles, people's drama, people's negativity. It can consume. And one day I said to Benaya, after it was like I think three weeks in, I said, do you know what? My mind feels empty. And like that sounds like a negative thing, like the um. But it actually was such a freeing thing because I was like, there's no noise. There's no noise in my mind. And not everyone gets that luxury, I understand that. But at the same time, I think that we have a responsibility for what we're listening to, what we're hearing, what we're tuning our ears towards... And I always want to be somebody who hears kingdom, hears love, hears truth, hears freedom. I don't want to fill my mind and my, the noise with so much that I'm not hearing even him ask the questions. So this morning, what is he asking you? And actually think about it. Like, what is he asking you? And some of you he might be asking a simple question like that to reveal where your faith's at. For some of you, it might be asking you about where you're at in terms of your heart with him. For some of you, it might be something to do with your family. It might be something to do with your dreams. It might be something to do with what you have hope and expectation for. But the question in all of that is what stops you? Philip didn't see the miracle that could have happened because he saw the natural. We, it would cost all of the wages of a year to feed and people still wouldn't get. He was, he was limited. He was stopped. The question didn't probe him to go, oh, what could Jesus do with this? What could he make of this situation? He was limited in his thinking. What limits you? What stops you? When he asks you a question, do you even respond or do you fill your mind with more noise? Do you turn on the TV? Do you get your phone out? How many of you go a day without having any of that noise around you because you're so tuned to it? You're so naturally wired to it. The chaos, the commotion, the what's next? Oh my gosh, interest rates. Oh my gosh. And all of those things are very real. But is it stopping you hearing? Is it stopping you listening and going, Jesus, am I positioned in a place where you could actually even ask me a question? Some of us aren't even in that place where he can get through the noise because it's so much. So this morning, what is he asking you? The next thing that I want to share, the first thing is what do you hear? What is he asking you? The second thing is what do you see? This is so cool. Genesis 15, 1 to 6. And again, I'll take time. You can get it. What do you hear? What do you see? Come on. And this one, not that I wasn't excited for the other one, but this one I'm like, this is good. Genesis 15, 1 to 6 says, We got it? After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. If you don't have it, that's okay. Just listen. Um, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Verse 4. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. Then, this is so cool, verse 5. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. The second thing I want to ask you prophetically is what do you see? What do you see? I love this. I love that God is so beautiful in this moment of Abram's there questioning God. What are you going to do? I've got no children. He's probably flustered. He's like angry at God. This is a servant in my household. He's going to be my heir. This is not the plan, God. You've got to have it. Like what we do, yeah. I do this all the time to God. And this and this and this. And then he goes, come outside. Get outside of your environment. Get outside of your tent. Get outside of the things that are caving you in. Get outside. And then what does he say? Look up. What do you see this morning? What do you see? The promises of God. He says, he doesn't say, come outside, Abram. Get on the ground and count all the blades of grass. Go on. Count them. There's heaps. Many blades of grasses, there probably is stars. He doesn't say that. He says, come outside and look up up look up at the stars and this is so prominent for I feel like so many people in this room but it's going to be specifically it's going to hit you there's some of you that are looking down you're counting the blades of grass thinking that that's the promise of God it's not look up look up look up look up and count the stars you can't count them this is how vast and grace my promise is for you you're not forgotten. You're not left alone in the tent with all your worry, with all your stress, with all your it should have been this God, it's not this God. Come outside. Some of you, first of all, need to get outside of your tents. My gosh, you're sitting in there with your pot on the stove and your little cushions. This is how I imagine Abram is in the Old Testament. It's, I don't know. And you're there and you're whinging. And we have every right to whinge at God. I do it all the time, like I said. But unless you get outside, unless you get outside, you get away from what's comfortable, you get away from what's known, you get away from that security and you go, I'm going to step out and I'm going to look up. And some of you have forgotten the promises. Hear this. Hear this. Leader, hear this. New person, hear this. Young person, hear this. You're sitting in your tent And you've forgotten the promises of God. And when you do think you get the promises of God, you think it's the grass. You think it's the lowly, dirty pieces on the ground. You need to look up and you need to count your stars, baby. Because His promises are vast and big and great. And I love this. Let me just run through. If you want to write them down, write them down. I'm not going to be on the screen. Zechariah 5 says... Then I lifted up my eyes, and he said, "What do you see?" Jeremiah one eleven. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, "What do you see?" Jeremiah, Amos seven eight. The Lord said to me, "What do you see?" Amos, Isaiah forty twenty six says, "Lift up your eyes and see who has created the stars." It's all through the Bible. What do you see? Talk about asking questions. Maybe God's saying that to you this morning. What do you see? What are you looking at? What are you hopeful for? What are you expecting? What do you see? Where is your promise? Look up. Look up and see the stars. Like beautiful, fast, majestic, like totally incredible, amazing, never-ending. The solar system blows my mind. Like I can't look into it too much because I'm like, kind of freaks me out. Um, but they're the promises of God. Look up. Look up. Because some of you have forgotten. Some of you have forgotten. The Holy Spirit might remind you of promises for provision, salvation, revival, jobs, family, ministry, travel. Some of you look up. Actually look up physically. Let's do this together. Ready? Look up and look down. What you see up is heaps better than what you see down, even in like this church building. <laughs> the church, don't look down. Don't look at the cup. Don't look at the stains. No, joking. What do you hear? What is he saying to you this morning? Because all of us came here or are listening or watching online for a reason. You came here because you either want something or you want to give something. You were expecting something or you feel... I don't know shame or what's the word um, compulsion to be here there's a reason there's a reason why all of you are sitting here and I probably wasn't to be to hear me to hear Nat worship to hear mark do the serve you're all wanting something there's a reason why you're here this morning don't waste it we come to church every week we can access worship all the time we can listen to podcasts we can hear the most incredible teaching but this morning what is he saying what is he asking you and then what do you see because we can go through all this motion and it's fantastic but unless you're hearing him unless you're seeing him who cares Who cares if you went to church this morning? You can pat yourself on the back and tick it off your list and think that you feel good about yourself. It doesn't matter unless you're hearing him, unless you're seeing him, unless you're seeing his kingdom, his provision, unless there is something changing inside of you because of an encounter with him, nothing else matters. He wants to speak to you this morning. I believe so much. I want to read this other verse to you. And this one is going to be on the screen. <laughs> I know. Oh. Psalm 63. And last year, last year? Was it last year? I think it was last year. Yeah. Um, we do themes um, through the year. And last year was funny because, well, it wasn't. I don't know if it's funny. Um We did the theme called Pursue. Pursue? Pursuit. One of those. Um, And it was all about us chasing after God. It was all about us being like, this is it. We're running hard. This is all that matters. And we had like another 500 lockdowns. So that was really great. Um, (laughs) But this verse has been coming back to me and just stirring in my heart because I'm like, man, God, this is something in all of it that I feel like is still over our house, which we're yet to fully partake in. And so it says, Psalm 63, verse 1 to 8, and it's in the Passion Translation. O God of my life, I am lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more, with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I am energised every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. Oh, how I love and praise you, God, Daily I will worship you passionately with all my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you. For the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life i keep my soul close to your heart with passion i pursue and cling to you my goodness celebration church if this could be our heart's cry if this could be our yearning and our desire as a church that as we're looking at family what that means that if this was the thing that we just go ah oh, Jesus, I love it. I love that it says in that first bit, let me get it up. I'm lovesick. I am lovesick for you in this wilderness. Oh my gosh, do we feel like we're in a wilderness in the current state and climate of our world? Probably yes. Yes. Are you lovesick for him in the midst of that, in the midst of your hardship, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your rehab, in the midst of whatever is going on in your world? Can you stop and go even in all of that? Oh, my heart pines and yearns for more of you, Jesus, because like I said at the very beginning, there is nothing that matters in all of this world other than you having that encounter with him that changes you and changes you so deeply that you can hear him. You can see his promises. You can see his kingdom. And it moves you to our world. It moves you to compassion. It moves you to give. It moves you to serve. It moves you to do all of these things because of him that verse, that it's not even just about us anymore. It's not even just about our sad, sorry lives or whatever is going on. And trust me, the last couple of years have been really, really challenging for Bernard and I. I get it. Life is hard. It's not fair sometimes. You go through seasons that hurt and that are hard. But in the midst of those weary wildernesses, if we can stop and go, I pursue you with everything I am. I pursue you with everything I've got. I cling to you. And at the very end where it says, because I can feel your grip on my life, you can feel him holding you. You can feel him carrying you. You can feel him ministering to your heart. You can feel him asking you questions. You can feel him asking you to look up, revealing the promises of God to you again. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.